0: So that's pretty cool and if you want to invite people to hear the the second part of my series and also an awesome Easter Sunday service, we have these great cards we've done up, okay? So I'm going to, someone's going to take them for me. Beck, would you take these for me? And as people walk out today, I want you to take, I don't know, what's your faith? Ten? Five? No, there's quite a few there. I don't want any of these left at the end of the service. All it says is you are invited and on the back it says our Easter service times. And so just our evangelism course class took probably half of these already because they're like on fire. But I want the rest of us to take these. And I don't know if you want a letterbox drop or whether you've got someone on your heart. It's all right, Beck. Beck's just standing there looking pretty. Um, yeah, yeah, I, will. I, will. I'm just, I keep teasing. I keep doing this. But you might have someone on your heart that you want to reach out to or invite to church for Easter. This is your opportunity to have a simple little tool to do that. Please take them. Put your hand on your heart. Is this promise time? Say, I will take all the flyers in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, very good. Thank you, Beck. So make sure we're handing those out as you go out today. And, and um, of course, there's no guilt trips or anything. But you, did, but you did promise to the Lord by putting your hand on your heart. So you're committed now. All right, forever. I um, decided, because Christmas was so well received, and we did a series kind of like what we do at Youth, and you guys gave lots of good feedback and enjoyed it. So we're going to do it for Easter too. So that's what this is forever. So to start out with, I'm, I need a volunteer. To do what? To do what? But see, if I tell you what, then no one volunteers. Someone who thinks they're pretty good at juggling. There you go. Who's pretty good at juggling things? All the hands just went down. There was like about six hands. Joel's pretty good at juggling? Are you pretty good? Not really. I'm going to pick someone in a minute if we don't. Trev's trying to escape. I'm not trying to escape. <laughs> you did. I saw that. It was like a, okay. while he's not looking, I'm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, do I have a volunteer or do I have to pick someone? See you, Trev. Have a nice day. Yeah, of course you did. All right. So, what we usually do at youth is if someone nominates someone, I usually pick the person that nominated. So, Josh, you're coming up. And Joel, you can actually come up and help too, but your job's real easy. It's a real easy job. Give them a hand as they come up. All right, all right, all right. So, so Zeke and Trev, you can help me though. You can bring these baskets over. We need these baskets of balloons. So you, you come over here as well. So what we're going to do, you are, you are Les Scribes. Everyone say hello, Les Lescribe. Les Les <laughs> No, we're not French or anything. I'm going to move over a little bit. And uh, so what's going to happen is... Um, What's going to happen? No idea. No, here's what's going to happen. (laughs) I totally know what's going on. Everything's in control. So, all these balloons, what we're going to do is I'm going to go through and nominate something that you guys are going to help as well. So, you've got to yell out, like, information that... uh, Oh, they're everywhere. You're doing a good job, Joel, already. Uh, so (laughs) So, as I yell out something, Joel is going to write that thing on the balloon And then you're going to pass the balloon to Josh, and Josh has to juggle all of these somehow. They can't touch the floor. So I don't know how you're going to do it, but you need to use your skill. You don't actually have to juggle. you just got to hold them all, okay? So think of creative, unique ways to hold 12 balloons. So, so, okay, all right. So I'm going to make this, hang on, for the people at home, because it's panning funny, I'm just going to make it full screen so everyone at home can see everything. All right, so what is something you might carry in your pocket or your purse? Handkerchief, wallet, phone, phone, keys, phone, keys, keys key. let's go keys, just write keys on there, it doesn't really matter, it's just getting you to talk, so handkerchief might be a bit hard to spell, so keys is good, okay, so give that to Josh, that's good, all right, now we need three things that you take to work, yourself, <laughs> what did you say, mobile, was it mobile. mobile, put mobile in there, your phone, so that's one. You give that to Josh. And then the next one, we need three. So that's food. You need food. Yeah, you need lunch or food or whatever you want to put on there. One more thing. Shoes. Yeah, I suppose you need shoes at work, don't you? Shoes. Shoes. Oh, no, he's got skills. All right, now we need two positive emotions. Just yell it out. What was yours? Love. Love. Okay. Yeah. Love's good. That's positive. I heard joy somewhere. Did you hear joy as well? Yeah. Forgiveness is a good one too. Yeah. Put forgiveness on there. I know it's more words to write, but you'll be right. Any spell forgiveness? G I V E N E Yeah. Okay. And now we need two negative emotions. Anger. We have got anger over here and. What's your one? Work? Sadness. sadness. We'll put sadness on there. Sadness. Or anger and sadness. You're actually doing better than I thought. I thought you would have dropped them all by now. At the end of this, you actually have to juggle them. All right. All right, now we need two things, two things that cause drama at work. The boss. The boss? <laughs> Is your boss here? No. Okay, so the boss, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cranky customers. Cranky customers. Okay. So the boss. <laughs> can can you breathe? The boss. Ah uh, no. The, what was it? Angry customers. So you could just write customers or angry customers, whatever. When your computer goes down, that's a bit frustrating, isn't it? That causes drama. All right. And the last two things. Have we got two more? Yeah, we do. Oh, it's over there. Two things that cause drama at home. Oh, here we go. Children. Because <laughs> most of the children are down there. Some are up here, but husbands. Disobedience. Sorry, right? Children and husbands. I don't know. I rebuke that one in the name of Jesus. Put children down. Children. Disobedience. So, like the husband not doing what the wife says. <laughs> Maybe the other way around, Trev. And the children. All right. Disobedience is the last one. Okay. Yeah, oh, I know. No, yeah, exactly. I figured that. Do you want to come and take these baskets away, Shrev? Don't have so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. So now Josh is going to maybe just step down here off the stage. And now, before your very eyes, Josh is going to juggle 12 balloons. <laughs> Ready? Set, don't let any touch the ground. Seriously, seriously? Oh, already? Come on, just throw them all up. Go to town. Maybe maybe Joel, you help him. Come on, tw- 12. Go, go, go. Don't let any touch... They're touching the ground. Give them a huge hand. They've done their best. <laughs> all right. I want to ask you a question that I was meant to ask before that game, but what's something you could do forever? Like for me, um, you know, if I was to think of things that you could do forever, like if you Google the word forever, you'll learn that it means for all time or for always. So that was not an example of forever, like keeping the balloons off the ground forever. Did not happen. Um, But that's a pretty long time, isn't it, forever? You know, for me, I could possibly eat ice cream forever. I don't know, that's pretty good, isn't it? If I'm not dairy intolerant or anything lactose intolerant or perhaps forever i could watch every movie on netflix or disney plus or whatever streaming so give me some examples of things that you think you could do forever love Love your children that's a nice one bedtime with your animals animals. so like unlimited sleep forever that'd be awesome like you're not dead you're actually just resting with your animals oh spend time i thought you said sleep time with your animals bed. bed or no i thought you said bedtime anyway it's all good what could you do forever over here Don't be so quiet. Eat. Eat Eat what though? What's your favourite? Chocolate? Eat chocolate forever? Yeah. Make the most of every day forever? That's good. Having a good attitude forever? (laughs) Drink water forever. That's a lot of visits to the toilet, my friend. That's all good. That's all good. Anything else? Go fishing forever. Something... Have a relationship with God forever? That's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. Very cool. Well, then we were supposed to do the forever challenge, which was that, and we did that, and there's balloons everywhere. Well done, boys. Uh, So that's all good. Give them another hand. They did well. So have you ever heard the phrase, too many irons in the fire? Have you heard heard of that before? So it's what people say when they've got way too much going on, aka 12 balloons trying to keep them off the ground is a bit impossible. But isn't that how life can feel sometimes? Let's just take a moment to explore that. You know, you're trying to make it through life while you're juggling your external life, your internal life. You're on top of work and things happening there, responsibilities, daily routines. You've got the added layer of managing delicate relationships in all of those realms. Um, Drama, fear, anxiety, stress. It can feel like a lot to juggle, can't it? Life can get a little bit overwhelming sometimes, and I think we can all possibly relate to that on top of all of that you know you might be you know still trying to figure out what your faith is or or what you believe or or who you trust in that sort of thing and maybe you're asking questions and that's okay to ask questions uh do i really believe in jesus maybe sometimes you go through moments like that you know or is christianity just my family's religion and i just tacked on and kept going um Am I confident with casually believing in God or do I want to follow Jesus with my whole heart and with my whole life? And what do I do with these questions that I have about God? They're all great questions and quite often we're found juggling. I know there was a time in my life when I was juggling quite a bit. and I'm going to be very real and raw about it. So some of you were with us back when we first started at this church. 2013 in March we moved here. Uh, We were appointed in December 2012. Uh, So we moved here in March. By October 2014, the following year, I'd had a pretty serious car accident um, and and that was uh, grouped with all of its challenges of me recovering and getting back into the step of things and that took a good probably six months. But in that six-month time, December, just before Christmas, Anita's mum had a car accident and died on impact. So some of you were with us when that happened. And maybe we didn't let on as much as how hard that season was, but it was incredibly hard. Uh, I had to come for a wife that, uh, you know, was devastated. Her mother was 56. She was very young. I also had to be there for a wife that when she was going to uh, observe the body, she was full of faith that she was going to raise the dead. And, you know, I don't want to be ye of little faith, but practical me is thinking on the other side of that, if it doesn't happen what I have to deal with and comfort and be there for my wife. But the cool thing is, is that God knows. And so she went in there with that attitude, but when she saw her mum's face and it was actually smiling, and I don't know, they maybe do that for you, but the point is, is that she was smiling and my wife thought, you know what, she's in a better place. And it's selfish of me to want to call her back to this place. She's in heaven with God now. And without going into too much detail, the backstory on her mum is that, she lived a life of abuse as a child and her body was breaking down. And so we justified in our mind, I guess, and, and came to an understanding that God took her home because she wasn't happy here. Uh, as much as she wanted to be here for her kids and all that, don't get me wrong, but her body was breaking down. But I was juggling a lot in that season. Firstly, I was in the middle of my own recovery. It was a 100k hour impact and I was sore and, and in a lot of pain uh, and coming to grips with How I, my new feeling, how I was, what the new normal was for me then. And then we had something like that happen. And you'd be lying if you said your faith wasn't shaken. Even as pastors, you know, people think, oh, pastors are the superheroes of the faith. They love Jesus and nothing can knock them down. But we had a tough season that time. And we were juggling a lot. And we were juggling a lot of questions, doubts, anger, all the things that hit you when you go through a season like that. That's how we were. And if we didn't have this church, I have to commend this church because you rallied around us so well and cared for us and showed concern for us. And uh, I'm not sure we would have made it through as well as we did without the support of this house. So thank you for that. But it was a challenging season of juggling, you know. There are a lot of reasons why we might have questions or doubts about God. You know, sometimes... We start asking questions because we're learning and growing. And that's good. That should be encouraged. Ask questions if you want to learn because that's the only way you learn. That's what my dad taught me. You can't learn without asking questions. Uh, but sometimes doubts can form when we experience something painful or confusing or a challenge like the juggling season Anita and I had and we are asking a lot of questions. You know, Are we doing what we're meant to do? What, why is this happening? And all these questions go through your head. Usually it's the tough times that bring out the doubts. So when you start asking tough questions about God and what you believe, it can feel pretty heavy and overwhelming, especially if it is in a difficult season as well, because you've got the challenge of that, whatever's happened to you as well. You know, you might not know exactly what you believe in those seasons, or you might not know what you, what you don't believe. You know, you, you, everything's just a blur. Uh, you might not know where to go with your questions or... You might not even know what your questions are. It just might be an overwhelming moment and you don't know what to do. You know, I get it. Seriously, I love Jesus. Don't be concerned for your pastors. We love Jesus. We know God's on the throne. We know that there's purpose in everything under the sun because he's created everything. He leads us. He directs us. He guides us. And we can learn from every season. But it's no surprise that there's questions about from the world and and even from people in this building today. I mean, Easter's about Jesus rising from the dead. Now, we say that off the tongue, especially if we've been Christians a long time, so easily because we we know it and we've read about it and and whatever. But seriously, how does someone rising from the dead practically happen? You know, the new believer might have that question. How does that happen? How does someone just stop being dead? You know, they're dead and then they're not. Like, how does that happen? Are we sure it happened? These are good questions to consider. And what if it didn't happen? how does that impact us? And if it did happen, so what? How does that affect my life today? All those questions are really good questions. And as a Christian, we need to be able to answer them because believers and and non-believers alike are going to have questions like this at different seasons of their life. And we need to be able to know how to respond and encourage. So it turns out I'm not the only one that has questions like this. When we look at the Bible, uh, sometimes I think, I don't know, have you ever thought this? If only I could have lived when Jesus was alive. If only I could have been there and seen him and touched him and watched everything that he did. You know, if only I could see him with my own eyes, I wouldn't have a single question or a doubt because he's right there and, you know, seeing is believing, right? That's what the world says. Everything would make sense. But you know what? Even Jesus' followers who saw him every single day had doubts and questions. And that's what we're going to look at today. You know, and particularly around the time of Jesus's death, there was a lot of doubts, a lot of questions. Uh, spoiler alert: if you're tuning in at home, and everyone here should know this, but Jesus dies. But he was betrayed by one of his disciples, Judas. He was beaten. He was executed because of his teachings. But we know the good end of the story, where he comes to life again. You know, the story around this season is now a story that we celebrate every year but really it should be celebrated daily our love for jesus and what he's done for us doesn't just crop up this time of year it's every day that we're thankful but as this story was unfolding everything would have seemed like it was falling apart if you were there everything would have seemed like it was falling apart jesus's followers at the time were filled with questions doubts and fears because they just didn't get what was going on jesus was fine because he knew the will of the father and what was going to happen but his disciples Went through a really tough season. You know, it started when Judas, one of Jesus' followers, betrayed him. You know, did Judas not trust in who Jesus said he was? Well, we don't know. Did he believe and just not care? We don't know. You know, we don't know, but we know that he turned his back on Jesus. That's what he did. And then after Jesus was arrested, one of his closest friends and followers panicked and denied he even knew Jesus. There's some doubts right there. Let's read John chapter 18. Verses 17 to 18 it says, Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of the man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers who had made a fire of coal stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Why? Because he was cold, and I don't think it was just because of the temperature. He realized what he'd just done. I've denied Christ. I've denied I've got doubts. I'm concerned for my own safety and so I panic and the doubts come out. Jesus was who he said he was and, and, and Peter was struggling with that. He was struggling with what Jesus had said and he was also struggling with, well, why would God let this happen? You know, Imagine spending years of your life as a disciple of Jesus. You know, we've just talked about being there. Imagine you were one. And you've spent all that time with him, living every day in his presence, You'd get to eat with him, travel with him, hear him teach, and even witness all the miracles. Wow, wouldn't that have been incredible? Well, that's what Peter and the other disciples experienced, which is why it was so confusing when Jesus was arrested. Here they've been going on this big ministry tour. Everything's been going brilliant. Miracles are happening. People are coming to know who Christ is. But then all of a sudden, there's a speed bump in the road, and Jesus gets arrested. And they're confused. Jesus knew it was coming, but they're confused. They're like, our parade has been rained on. Like this has been stopped. You know, everyone expected Jesus to be their Messiah and their savior and king, but suddenly things changed and they didn't understand why. And like Peter, sometimes we fear we've been wrong about Jesus. When we go through those tough challenges and those seasons, we question things. But I've always learnt and known that we should never question. Uh, Our theology based on our practical experience. Because bad things happen. And if we allow what we experience to dictate to our faith, then we're all failed. We're all doomed. Because we're all going to experience challenging times and hard times. You know, soon after Peter's denial, Jesus was beaten, tortured, and killed. His death was public, humiliating, and painful. And if there was ever a time for his disciples to doubt him, it was then. Well, let's see what happened next. We're going to read John chapter 20. There it is, verses 1 to 10. If you want to follow along on the screen, there you can. Now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen cloths lying there yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief, that's how you spell handkerchief, uh, that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. I mean, imagine Mary's confusion when she walks up to the tomb and Jesus's body is not there. Like, we know what happened. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. You can look back and go, yep, that all makes sense. But can you imagine being there that day, all the things that would run through your head? Someone's kidnapped his body. Someone's, you know, whatever. It's all running through your head. You know, Jesus' body was not there. Was it stolen? Was it a trick? You know, this was even more painful than just knowing he was dead, because now the body's not there. So that closure is robbed from you. Like some of the disciples, sometimes we struggle to believe the good news. Of Jesus, and even when we see the evidence right in front of us, we are challenged in our belief. As more of Jesus' followers began to believe the good news that he really was alive, words started to spread. But not everyone was ready to believe. We're going to read John chapter 20, verses 24 to 29. It says, Now Thomas, you know the phrase doubting Thomas, don't you? Called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into the side, I will not believe. Firstly, who wants to put their hand into a wound? That's a a bit gross. But anyway, carrying on. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus is making a point. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Believe first. Have faith. Have faith. Trust in that which you cannot see and it's all going to come. You know, like Thomas, sometimes it's difficult for us to trust Jesus is who he says he is until we have more evidence. And like there's people out there and maybe you've done this before. Well, God, I'll believe in you when this happens. Or, you know, I want to see this happen and then I'll take that step of faith. But that's not faith, is it? What did Jesus say? He said, "Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed." Trust in the Lord with all your God, with all your heart. Trust in the Lord God with all your heart. That's what I'm trying to say. And lean not on your own understanding. At a dyslexic moment, speaking. What's that called? I don't know. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He makes your path straight. Trust in the Lord your God. Don't wait for Him to appear in the clouds or before you and that booming voice and Because Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know, when our doubts feel big, and there's times when they do, and I've shared very openly about challenging times that we've experienced, and I'm sure you can think back to times when you had doubts. In John 20 verse 9, we read that the disciples at first did not understand what was happening to Jesus. You know, can you relate to that? Maybe there's a situation that's happened, maybe it's happening right now. And you're like, why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? Do you ever feel like you don't understand either? We've all been there, I think. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Peter, Mary and Thomas and the other disciples, they'd been with Jesus for years. But even they were overwhelmed by doubt, by questions, by fears when things got difficult. So maybe doubt is more common than we might imagine. Maybe when we do doubt, we're a little hard on ourselves. I know I can be hard on myself as well. But maybe that's a very real thing. When we doubt, we get really hard on ourselves. You know, when it was most difficult to believe, Jesus' followers likely wondered, Well, God, what am I supposed to do? What do we do now? You know, that gap between when he died and when they saw him, can you imagine the chaos in their minds? What do we do? All we've ever known these last years is traveling with Jesus and seeing miracles, and now he's gone. And what do we do? What's true? What is truth? Are you still with us? You're dead. You're gone. But then while they were still doubting and questioning and full of fear, what happens? Jesus shows up. Jesus makes an appearance. And they're encouraged again once they finally got their heads around it. And that took a bit of time. No matter how big their doubts seemed, Jesus' love for them was bigger than their doubts. And that's the same for you. It doesn't matter how big your doubts get, I can guarantee you that Jesus' love for you is so much bigger than any doubt that you will ever have. Because Jesus loved them so much, He met them in the midst of their doubts. And He'll do the same for you. No doubt or heartache could hold Jesus back from them and it won't hold back the full love He has for you either. You know, when Jesus died, even his closest friends and followers had questions. They had fears. They had doubts. But Jesus wasn't offended by or angry about those questions. Instead, Jesus patiently and lovingly helped his friends believe the good news that he really was alive. And that because of his death and resurrection, nothing, not even death, could separate them from God's love. Not ever. You know, we read in the book of Romans about that, chapter 8 verses 31 to 39 and it says what then shall we say to these things if god is for us who can be against us we love quoting that one don't we he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall we not with him also freely give us all things who shall bring a charge against god's elect it is god who justifies who is he who condemns it is christ who died and therefore and furthermore Is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He's praying for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, that's hard times, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. We love quoting this one too. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. No matter what comes against us, we are more than conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, in other words, everything, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can separate us from his love Your doubts aren't ever going to be big enough to separate you from God. His love is so much greater for you. You know, when we're confused, questioning, doubting, and those seasons of life come, the resurrection of Jesus is proof that God is with us and He loves us. And if Jesus can't be defeated by death, He absolutely won't be defeated by our doubts. Because the love of Jesus is bigger than our doubts, and that's our big point. Today, the love of Jesus is bigger than our doubts. Doubt gets a pretty bad reputation sometimes. We touched on this earlier. You know, for some reason, we think doubt might disqualify us from being loved by God because I have doubts. Uh, you know, or maybe we're not considered a true Jesus follower because we have doubts. Well, we might think if I have doubts about Jesus, then I'm not good enough. Or if I have doubts about Jesus, then my faith isn't real. Or if I have doubts about Jesus, then I'm going to be in big trouble if people in my church find out. So I've got to keep up appearances and make sure no one catches on that I'm struggling. But doubt doesn't have to be bad or shameful. It doesn't have to be like that. Doubt was actually part of the story then with the disciples and it's part of the story now. You know, Maybe this seems a little bit, I don't know, counterintuitive. Is that a big enough word for us today? Uh, But doubt can actually lead us to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Your doubt can actually lead you to a deeper place in your relationship with Jesus when our doubts expose what we need the most. Our doubts speak of what we need. We need more of Christ, more of God, more of an understanding of a certain part of Him or whatever it is. You know, Do we need courage and clarity like Peter did? Do we need comfort and hope like Mary did? Do we need evidence and reassurance like Thomas did? Do we need the safety of a community to help us trust and believe You know, like all of Jesus' followers did. You know, all of those people had their doubts, but they followed Jesus. The good news is is that Jesus can give us all these things. We just have to ask Him. You know, just like Jesus' disciples, we all try our best to make sense of what's going on around us. I know I do. Like The first question, you know, maybe it's a bloke thing, but we just, why is that happening and how do I fix it? (laughs) That's a bloke thing. Whereas girls just want to have, you know, don't give me the answer, just listen to me. And then they talk about whatever's going on. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, that sort of thing. We're all different. But anyway, that's okay. But no matter what big questions, doubts, fears or hurts that we're juggling, kind of like what was getting juggled earlier, (laughs) Jesus' love is bigger. It's so much bigger than that. There's no doubt, yeah, that is a purposeful pun, that you have that Jesus uh, doesn't know. There's no doubt that you can have that Jesus doesn't know about already. You know, there's no doubt you have uh, things that are too big for you to carry and you need Jesus to come and carry for you. We talked about that in communion today. He came to take that weight off of our shoulders, that burden. You know, There's no doubt you have that would make Jesus push you away and not love you. Because he loved you before you even knew about him anyway. So there's nothing you can do that can push him away. In just a moment, we're going to spend some time talking to God and we're going to pray. And it doesn't have to be awkward. It can be in silence. It doesn't matter. But we're going to spend some time talking to God about our doubts, our questions, our fears and our hurts. You know, Whatever is making it difficult to fully believe the good news that Jesus loves us and is alive, we're going to deal with that in just a moment. So I want to close in prayer. But before I do, I want to give an invitation for people to say yes to Jesus. So just bow your heads, close your eyes, just give people privacy in this moment. If you're at home, I want you to engage with what I'm saying right now because this is important. We all need a saviour. And some of us maybe just don't realise that yet. Or maybe we just don't understand how to acknowledge that or step into that. And that's okay. But we've all fallen short of God's expectations of us. He brought the law through Moses, Ten Commandments, and none of us can meet all of those, not one. We've all lied. We've all dishonoured our parents. We've probably stolen something, even if it's just a minty from the jar. I don't know. <laughs> we've all done the wrong thing. And we haven't even looked at all the commandments. That's just a few of them. We, we fail. And the Bible says that when we break one of the laws, it's like we've broken all the law. And, and so we need... We need someone to step in and help us because we can't fix that in our own strength. We have to pay the penalty without Jesus. We have to reap what we sow. And we break the law. And what we reap is eternity in a very dark place called hell. And I don't want anyone to end up there. The way you escape that is by acknowledging that we need a saviour. We need someone to pay the penalty for us, someone to pay the price for us. His name is Jesus he came and did that for us on the cross. The Bible also says that we need to believe in our heart, confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And that's how simple it is. We don't have to jump through hoops and dress the right way and act the right way and follow all the rules of this church and blah blah blah. That's in saying that we don't have rules, we just have convictions. We live life according to what the Bible says to us and And how we are convicted by that word. But all you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And you will be saved. And so I just want to invite anyone at home right now watching online or anyone in the building today. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus and you acknowledge that today's the day I need to get my life right. And I need to have have Jesus come and pay the price for the things that I've done wrong. Because I can't pay it myself. Can't do it in my own strength anymore i've tried and i just it's not working if you want to surrender your life to jesus or if you want to perhaps recommit your life to him you've done it before but you've gone away from god and you you really feel the weight and the burden today needs to be lifted and that can happen by saying yes to jesus would you just lift up your hand and show me your hand so i can uh, lead you in a prayer uh, at the end of this service yeah i see your hand over there that's great yep i see your hand there that's great really good it's so good to acknowledge this because it's, you know, it's saying, God, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do this uh, without you. And I'm choosing to live my life for you. Wonderful. We're going to say a prayer together. And I, I want to ask everyone to say this prayer. There are people in the place that perhaps, or even at home, that didn't raise their hands, but perhaps they know they should have. You know, There's no harm in us all saying this prayer together and surrendering our life to Him right now. So would you say this after me? Dear Jesus... I surrender my life completely to you. I thank you that you came and that you died for me and that you rose again. So I now believe that in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. I acknowledge you've paid the price that I couldn't pay. Thank you for making me free. And thank you for allowing me to be saved. I now choose to live my life for you, both today and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God some praise and thank him for souls being surrendered to Jesus? So there's a party in heaven whenever a soul makes a decision for Jesus. Because now what used to be your... And uh, just destination was that dark, terrible place called hell is now going to be eternity in heaven with Jesus simply because you believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth, and now it's your job to live that life uh, according to the ways that the Bible instructs us to live. And if you need help with that or you want some advice with that, come and see me after the service. But now I want to pray for all of us. I know we just prayed then, but I just want to pray for for those of us that are perhaps either going through seasons or you've gone through seasons before of doubt, fear, disappointment, and it's caused you to question things, I want to pray for you. Uh, so whether that's happening to you right now, it's happened before, it could happen in the future, we don't wish bad things on anyone. But could we just pray one more time? So God, we just we thank you for Jesus and we thank you for his forever love that we're talking about today. And I declare today that your love, Jesus, is bigger than our doubts So, Lord, I pray for the person going through that season where there's doubts, confusion and fear. And I just pray, Father God, that you would just reveal your love in such a powerful way to us. Lord, help us to remember that you are alive and you are with us. You're not this God that's a monument that we worship, but you are alive. You're a person and you are available to us today. And we declare that nothing can separate us from your love not even doubts, not even fears, our anger, our disappointment. We declare, Father God, that you are good and your love is immense and it's bigger than our doubts. And we thank you for that. Help us as we go through that season of how does this now look, how does this work because of the challenges that we're facing. Help us to trust in you and believe so that we see Believe so that we see. Help us to trust in you, Father God. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. And if you're facing a difficult season, his love is bigger than what you're facing. But what happens is we go through those difficult times and we shut off the things of God. I want to encourage you. Open up. Allow him in. And he'll come and make a difference in your situation. You know, celebrating this season, this time of year, can feel confusing when you've got questions or doubts. But don't forget you're not alone. You know, it was confusing for Jesus' followers too. So let's not be so hard on ourselves when even the ones that walked the planet with Jesus had their own doubts and confusion, even though they were there in the flesh. Uh, It's okay if you still don't have an answer to every question. Uh, I don't profess to be any uh, great academic or professor done Bible college, but don't have all the answers. Uh, I know who does and I can point you to him. His name's God. Uh, But it's okay if you haven't got the answer to every question just right now or a resolution for every fear or doubt because we still traverse through those seasons. But for now, here's what I hope that we all remember, that Jesus isn't surprised or afraid about our questions because his love is so much bigger than our doubt. And Jesus will always help you and intervene for you because that's our God. Nothing will ever change His forever love for you. The Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What changes? We change. Our highs, our lows, our good times, our disappointments, our seasons of doubt come and go. Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God loves you. And the love of Jesus is bigger than your doubts. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray God's blessing over you in just a moment. We're going to enjoy coffee and fellowship together. But just to let you know, if you haven't heard already, I did send a few texts out about it. But at Storm King Dam today, we moved quickly to do this because obviously Easter next weekend and then holidays. And but we thought, you know, we got such great rain. We need to honour God and give him praise. We stood there, I don't know, a few months ago with our mayor, Vic Panisi, and others that came. There was a good number of us. And we prayed and we cried out to God and he's heard our prayers and the dam is full. Praise God. So that's so awesome. So I want to encourage you today, if you can make it, it's not going to go long. It'll be 30 minutes, 45 minutes tops. But we're just going to sing a few songs and pray and praise him. So 12 o'clock at Storm King Dam. So that means we know to go out and have our coffees. and. We want to be shutting up the church if we can by I don't know 20 past half past 11, so we can make our way out there, and just have the Vineyard Army as part of the what's going on at Storm King. So if you're available and you can give the time, we'd love you to come. Everyone is welcome, and uh, let's just praise Him, hey. If you can't be with us, praise Him anyway, wherever you're at, wherever you'd whatever you've got to do, just be thankful and and gracious because of what god's done it's such a great thing you can really tell it's lifted the town you even just walking around town people's spirits are high and it's just awesome so we want to be pointing them towards god because that's he's the uh provider isn't he so we want to glorify him and take that opportunity at the dam later on father god i thank you for your church pray your blessing on them father god as we go into our week may you go before us be behind us beside us lead us and guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit this week, help us to share Jesus with someone. Help us to take one of these cards, 10 of these cards, and invite someone to church that needs to hear about Jesus this season. So Father God, we just thank you and we pray your blessing on each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. We're going to have those cards hopefully at the door. Someone's onto that.